1: Hello and welcome to the Game Podcast from the Times. I'm Gabriel Marcotti and I thank you for joining us. In the studio with me, it's a man who played against the Invincibles on the last day of the season. And he could have altered the course of history. But no, he did not. It's James Scowcroft. And, down the line, you know him as the chief football correspondent uh, for the Times. I know him as maybe one of the top five most famous k's that i know it's ollie k and since i know you're wondering i would assume that richard k is more famous certainly celia k all these people by the way are related to him alex k Jelski, who's uh who's our our boss at the at the times peter k the the comedian you guys all find so hilarious right is this uh is this the cutting room floor No, I'm checking any of these people really related to you. Anyway, we digress because later on we'll be picking the official game podcast team of the season in the Premier League as well as doing a little exercise inspired to me by somebody on Twitter. Uh, But first, let's talk about the final act of the Premier League campaign. And uh, we're going to start at St. Mary's with the Centurions. Now Ollie they're called Centurions because they got a hundred points correct, and you call Centurions people who get a hundred um runs in cricket right that, that that's the logic mm. nothing to do uh, with the with the original uh nothing to do with the city of Centurion in South Africa and nothing to do with the uh with the original meaning of the word either right
2: uh i think the the original meaning was connected to the to, to, to the number one hundred but um kind of linked to that but do you know what, I I as the sort of you know 100th point was secured yesterday with a late goal and and you know this sort of centurions nickname suddenly took hold or, or was being pushed by um, the club on on social media etc i thought do you know what, i'm I'm actually pleased that that you know there is something now that that, that makes this uh, a more objective one off achievement in Making 100 points. I don't think 99 points, um, or 98 points, or 97 points would have would have resonated with people in, in, in the same way. But in the same way that Arsenal went unbeaten and it became the Invincibles, and and people recognised that as, as a great achievement. I mean, 100 points is surely, despite two defeats, isn't that surely a better achievement? 100 points, Be- better achievement than 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 zero defeats and. 90 points, 73 goals, 26 wins and 12 draws. And Man City, 32 wins and four draws, two defeats. Now, zero defeats is clearly better than two defeats, but 32 wins is clearly an awful lot better than 26 wins. And I'm not saying Invincibles wasn't a great achievement. It was a great achievement. And and there's a reason why people want to emulate it every season and why we in the media get excited about it. But I, I think we're more likely to see another team go a season unbeaten than we are to see another team go 100 100 points. 100 points had never been done in English football before. Invincibles had been done once before. And I'm not saying the Arsenal achievement wasn't great, but I think people need to wake up and realise how exceptional this Man City season is. And and if it takes a, um, a certain number being hit, 100 triple figures, and for a certain, you know, catchy uh, title like the Centurions to 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 persuade people that this was actually pretty good, then uh, then great.
1: Ollie, is there also an element of the way these teams these teams played and, and sort of what was what was the context, the the philosophy um, of the time? Because as I recall, you know, yes, Arsenal were invincible, but that season, but. They didn't have a gigantic lead either, and there were probably situations, or there may have been situations, where, you know, maybe they 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 opted to play in a slightly more conservative fashion, or maybe changed the way they um, they, they managed a game in certain stages. And Maybe that's part of the reason why they ended up drawing more games and not losing games. Whereas I kind of feel that with Pep. He's kind of served up exactly the same type of football, sort of every minute of the season.
2: But the, the thing of, of of having, you know, obviously the Invincibles w- were great, and and yet they won it only by eleven points. W- well, that doesn't that suggest that the competition was really strong? I mean, Chelsea, the money had just arrived at Chelsea, and and Chelsea were really strong. Man United w- had gone into a season of rebuilding. Um, uh, a lot of younger players were playing that season, um, so it, you know it, it's not a like-for-like like comparison. But I, but I would say 100 points is is amazing in, 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 in 100 out of what is it 114? Is that the most you can get? They only dropped 14 points all season. I, scored the I number wonder, of goals. They too,
1: that you know we can look at the table and say Arsenal won it by 11 points, but it's not like they had an 11-point lead all season long. It, it also had to do with the fact that. That season, Chelsea were in the, you know, they went deep into the Champions League. I mean, it was a weird season for Chelsea too, because obviously, you had Claudio Ranieri, dead men walking, and all this other stuff. But there definitely was, I think, a situation where, you know, the gap was so big because at a certain point, Chelsea put all their eggs in the Champions League basket when they realized there was no way that they were going to catch um, Arsenal later later in the season, and I think at that. That's, stage arsenal took their foot off the gas a little bit as well maybe drew a few more games than they would have otherwise um but certainly you know if you look at the results the last the last two months of the season that's pretty much what happened in, in terms of the lead so i agree with you arsenal i think were pushed to the degree that that city were not what's the bigger achievement from a, from a footballer's perspective
3: the biggest achievement is a treble winning season for Manchester United. Okay. If you're go, no, 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 no. Okay. Because I'll make a point here. I'll make a point here. When United were winning leagues, Ferguson rested players for the Champions League knowing that he could lose a game because he had a nine-point lead or a ten-point lead. Pep's never really had this. Okay. They've never really had... Do you understand my point, Oli? Do you understand right. my... Yeah, I do. I, yes. And I, 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 I
2: agree with it being the great achievement too you know you, you, to, to tr- win
3: three the three biggest trophies yeah.
1: okay but if you really want to go there winning the champions league that season is something that chance and probability played a tremendous amount in. so he like all managers he gave himself the best possible chance to do it yeah. and but they also had to have situations where things went their way as like in the comeback um, against Juventus you, you and obviously... You can say that
3: about any team in any season where no. situations where they went their way.
1: Well, no, because... It when happens
3: you, too often for it to be luck.
1: I'm, I'm not saying that they were a lucky team and the, um, what I'm saying is that it's not something you can plan on doing. And That's partly what makes it a greater yeah, achievement. Ferguson
3: went into cup finals resting players. So, you, you know, we're talking about this league... Sorry, I'm going off track a little bit I know, here. I know, I but, but I'm getting okay. the, the perspective of...
1: You know. Okay, so Ferguson's okay, so, better so, than Guardiola so if Man and City Wenger. Okay, fine. We're in but,
3: Kiev next week,
1: and they got a hundred points.
3: Would they be flat out? Yesterday, would they be?
1: Probably not. I, I think know, is the point answer. Point rested. Oli, with that in mind, as I recall, I'm going back to this. Am I right thinking that the year that they absolutely killed it in the league wasn't the year they won the trouble? That's year Yeah, after. correct. It was a year well, after.
2: The, 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 they only won it by a point in '99, and then obviously they won that. The Cup and the European Cup. You know, whenever people say, "Oh, what are the best Premier League teams?" and people say, "Oh, the Arsenal Invincibles and the Treble-winning team," um, in, in in whatever order, I always felt that United were better the year after the Treble. They didn't win the European Cup, but but they were a better team. They won the, the Premier League by an absolute mile. They then ran into Real Madrid in the in the, in the Champions League and didn't win. But I, I didn't think. Arsenal, were as, were as brilliant and mesmerising in in 2004, as they were 2002. in 2002 when they won it. Sometimes it takes these these sort of one off achievements that tell you something different about the team. You know, going season unbeaten, winning the European Cup, winning you know three in a row or whatever as, as United have done. Um, and I think 100 points that, probably falls into that category. As yeah, it's no, been, it's a phenomenal uh, achievement. Let's phenomenal. also
1: put this in into, into some context. Um, City got 100 points, the Arsenal Invincibles obviously weren't invincible overall because over the course of that year, they lost games in and, and the Cups and, and, and in Europe. Um, what is for you the greater achievement, James? And then please don't say United, because you only have two options here. Let me give it a clear. I, I, think I, of it I, as a multiple. Between uh, okay, these no, two, no, no. okay? I, I
3: understand your question. I, I think getting 100 points, the, the the maximum, if you get more points than another team, surely you've had a better season
2: it's a brilliant thing to to, to go a season unbeaten you know to to have a zero in the in the losses column but you could you could, you could do that and and get 38 points <laughs> you couldn't get yeah. uh, you know it's not possible to get 100 points without being utterly exceptional and Arsenal were exceptional um in 2004 but i i would say 100 points is a more worthy and more even more impressive achievement
1: we have a story about mikel arteta leaving City to go to Arsenal, obviously saying that Pep Guardiola would not stand in his way. I mean, what's ultimately, I think, what's Pep supposed to say? Like, uh, no, you can't leave. It's always generally not a good idea to keep on your staff. Somebody doesn't want to be there. Ali, um, do we have any indication that this is a possibility or is it more the fact that Arteta's well-spoken, he's been associated with a very successful team at City, he's a former Arsenal player, is is that the thinking? And and Arsenal need a manager?
2: He he's definitely in the in the frame and I I mean if if you had to ask me who, who I think will get it at the moment, I would say it seems to be um pointed towards Arteta and everything I've heard from people at Man City all season long, um well, you know, this season and last since he went there, is that he is he is really, really impressive in the work he's done as um as Guardiola's assistant. Um He's, he's played a big part, and, and is a and is a real a really intelligent, um, meticulous coach, which all sounds great. But is that the whole thing of the appeal, or, or is or is, um, is an awful lot of the appeal based on the fact that that he's, he's an ex Arsenal player and therefore perceived to represent Arsenal values, whatever they may be. Um, I mean, he was there for I like, think five years, two of them injured, three of them you know playing well, but. It was a period where Arsenal's values as a club were, were probably not as, as clear as they should have been. And, and so I, I wouldn't like them to point him on the basis that he personifies or embodies Arsenal values. I think it, it,
1: More importantly, they were Wenger values and Fenger is a manager that they sent away. So yeah. uh, th- this whole thing is, 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 is kind of... not a case
3: of appointing a younger manager that the hierarchy can control a little bit easier and it'll right. sort of fit into that the mould? That opens up bit. a
1: whole other can of worms, as we've discussed in past weeks, is the fact that we don't know what the hierarchy is because you've got yeah. two very influential people who come at it from very different footballing cultures in Raul and, and and Sven Mislintat and you've got you have a chief executive who comes from yet another footballing culture so that should be um, I kind don't of watch this space I guess um, we're in Southampton if you're Ralph Kruger or his brother Freddie, do you recommend that they keep Sparky or was he just kind of the right man in the right place to get them out and then you think seriously about who you want to manage your club
2: it's difficult isn't it because I mean it seems that in May of each year, every Premier League team thinks, "Oh, we need a we need a you know a more a more sophisticated approach. We need a um, you know we need we need, we need to go long term. We need progressive football. We need expansive football." Um, and then you know come the m- winter months, they always seem to think, "Oh, we need a proven, experienced Premier League manager." And uh, Southampton need to work out what they are. They're you know they're into a different phase of their Premier League existence now. I mean, those early years under, Adkins, Pochettino, and Koeman and everything's going well, but what do they want to be the next two or three years? They want to be a, a stable, sensible Premier League team, in which case I think Mark Hughes could do a, a good job for the next two or three years, not not five or ten years, as he showed at Stoke, but I, I think he would do a decent job.
1: Why? Um, why? So okay, I'm going to play. I'm sorry. I, why? I, I, I have no problem with him, but part of his undoing was, as I think it was Jack Butland who said this last week, yep. was at Stoke. He signed Fimmer and Mbula and all these guys who then either weren't there, Jesse and then totally blew up in his face. I mean, I suppose you could get him simply to go and coach the team and have no say on transfers, which is a little bit, the the, the I mean, not it's not the setup there, but certainly the club tried to act independently. The other thing about Southampton is that this is a club that's has traditionally had one of the strongest academies uh, around, and has tried to push kids. I don't know that that's something that he's been able to do at Stoke or, for that matter, at Manchester City mm-hmm. or at Fulham or Blackburn or the other clubs he's been at.
2: You know, if they want to improve and make sure that, you know there's no repeat of, uh, of this season, then I, I don't think appointing him would be a, a mistake. If they want to set their sights much higher and, and try and break back into the top seven or eight, as they were a few seasons ago, um, then maybe they need to, to to be a bit bolder. But you know, I, I know things unravelled for him at towards the end at Stoke, but um, poor recruitment and so on. But I, I don't think any sensible look at, at, at Hughes's record as a Premier League manager over the last 14 years would 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 define him by six bad months at QPR no, 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 or, I'm not, I'm... Or, or, or or by 12 bad months. At,
1: no, I, I'm um... not. I'm not suggesting that at all. I just think for for what the clubs. And this is why clubs have directors of football. But for what Les Reed, what I mean, Scully, for what what's Les Reid's done and set though, up. Gab? That, that, that's oh bizarre. God, not the what's the alternative no, no, argument. No. I, I can
3: say from a player's point of view, when a manager comes, gets a sack, and a new manager comes, it is a very, very unsettling time. You don't know where you, you stand. The club's up in the air. The new manager has to get used to the to the staff, the players. Why go and do that all over again? I'm not sure the academy was as strong as what it once was. And I don't think you would want to be a club that then starts to gain a reputation of hiring a manager to do a job. And he does a job and then you fire him. <music>
1: Time now for Goal of the Week. Now this season, as you know, with your subscription to the Times and the Sunday Times, you've been able to watch every highlight and every goal from every game in the Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, and the FA Cup. And by the way, there's still a Europa League final and an FA Cup final to look forward to. So you can continue to get value from that. And you pay just £8 for an eight-week trial. In addition to that, you got all our excellent content. Uh, Not just our excellent content, but also the content from the Sunday Times. So with this in mind, knowing that you enjoy goals, Scoey, what was your favourite goal of the weekend in the Premier League? I've gone for Jamie Vardy's
3: uh, second goal, Leicester City's fourth goal at Wembley yesterday. I think it was uh, a classic old-school Leicester goal, shall we say, where counter-attacking football at its best, uh, that combination connection, Mares into Vardy, fantastic finish. I don't think we're going to see that connection next season with Mares and Vardy. I think Mr. Marrows might be off, but I thought it was an excellent goal yesterday.
2: Um, I will go for another Leicester goal, uh, Acho's goal um, at Wembley, um, well, where he leathers stunning, the ball. Stunning strike! Well, it wasn't just wouldn't just hit it as hard as he could, did he? He hit it in a in a very controlled way into the top corner. I thought it was a beautiful goal.
1: Spurs and Leicester, Uh, we just referenced the goals in it. I thought this game was an absolute car crash. I did not enjoy the mistakes, the chaos. Um, We thought Leicester were on the beach. Sometimes they have been on the beach. when, When they play in games like this, sometimes there's no pressure, and so you end up seeing nine goals. I don't think there's much to say about the game because season's over, but I think there's some musing to be done about Mauricio Pochettino's quotes. Now, this has been an ongoing theme. He's kind of, over the last, I think, three, four games, he's, after the match, he's always said, well, if I'm here, or another manager, or he's talked about the club without using the word we. And at first they said, okay, no biggie, just a slip. But now it seems to me he's very obviously sending us a message. I'm just going to read this quote. He said, they have a clear idea of what we need to do. I don't know if the club will agree with me or not, but we need to talk next week to create the new project to try and improve. We need to talk a lot between us and the club. I think Daniel is going to listen. Of course, that would be uh, Daniel Levy. Uh, you know me, I have crazy ideas in this moment. You need to be brave and take risks until today. It was so difficult to talk about the future. Now we need to decide the way to operate in the future. Now, Ollie. I don't think you need to do much reading between the lines. This is a bit of a power play, yes.
2: Yes, I would say. I would say it's it's you know it's not saying he's going to leave. I would say it's it's setting out what he wants, and and maybe if he doesn't get what he wants, maybe um, maybe that's when um, Spurs fans would would have cause cause to worry. But I, I think he, I think most Spurs fans or or anybody else would 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 agree with him that the club needs to be brave, to be bold, to to, to Spend a bit more of the money that they generate. Uh, I mean, it's it's. I, mean, I, I, I feel slightly ill saying that because because we we applaud Spurs for what they do for, for, for doing things on a on a smaller budget. But I, the, the the reality is that if they don't spend, if they don't spend more of the, the income they have, they they won't keep these players together. They won't keep this so, excellent team together.
1: So I'm going to put my uh contrarian daniel levy hat on Mm -hmm. in fact it's a a daniel levy wig uh in this case okay potch but you see when i give you money to spend for players that you want you end up buying people like mr jansen who then you don't like partly because he's not good you end up buying llorente who it seems like is crucial to us and then the guy hardly ever gets to play and when he does play he's bad. Uh, you buy Musa Sissoko on the last day of the transfer window. We pay through the nose for him, and he's not in your starting eleven. So when I do give you money to spend, this is how you spend it. So why should I give you more money? You buy you buy Lucas Mora, who's who's also in and out. So what? Convince me that I need to go. And most of your good players were were bought by other people. Convince me that I need to go and. And, and spend money. And who's going to spend the money? You, since we don't have a director of, of football right now.
2: Well, uh, uh, the point I was making was that it sh- the priority should be about keeping the team together, you know, t- keeping the score that they have together and, and building around it, because it, it, it's, hard, it's hard to find upgrades on the players that they've got within their existing wage structure.
1: Particularly when they... Wait, you is he talking about the, wage structure? You're talking about giving the players that are already here more money? Or are you talking yes, about... Yes, yes. Oh, is, so, so, uh, oh so, I, so you think I, that's I, what... I po- said that from the start. Okay, so you think well, what Pochettino wants is to pay the players he has more rather than going and spending more money to buy, to get a deeper uh, I squad. I think he means to buy players, does he not? I think that's his quote. Well, that, the, the, that's how I read it, but Oli thinks otherwise.
3: But I think Oli makes a good point. If I was... Because if you buy a centre-forward, he's never going to play. Harry Kane's going to play every week, so a lot of these are if you buy a midfield players you're going to get in front of Eriksson or Dembele I'm not quite sure who he is
1: I personally okay, would I spend Dembele, the money but I, there are midfielders in the world who are better than Dembele ok but you've got to
3: spend a lot of money to do that Gab I would personally spend the money in tying these players down on big contracts and I think that would be a better investment for Spurs
1: ok so you guys seem to be saying that if Potch says we need to spend more money because Potch also but, mentioned but the net spend People
3: want players so.
1: no no I know So, so, but if you're Levy what you say to him is you say look poch the best i'm going to do here is extend these guys so that we can hang on to them so that they get competitive competitive contracts and aren't tempted to go elsewhere and you'll just deal with that and then beyond that we'll sign a couple squad players maybe replace alder varel if he goes and you'll be happy with that and you'll say thank you sir may I have another right is is, is that the message you'll be sending back to poch i think he'll want a new
2: contract himself <laughs> of course I, 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 I think I, I think that will inevitably be part of it as well so um yeah I, I mean if he was offered the chance to extend a lot of those contracts and you know we all joked a few years ago about about our first place you sign a, a new contract every other week, and in, will be there um, smiling in his, in, you know, in the same suits, in the same pose every week. with we, we a different player, but those, those contract renewals have stopped. In the last, last 18 months or so. Um, there is disquiet by the scenes about, about wages, about, uh, you know, people knowing the money they could earn elsewhere, about knowing that money that average players at average clubs are, are, are getting relative to players at Tottenham. And that, 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 is the threat to Spurs. I know Spurs fans hate hearing it because they believe all of their players are, are 100% committed to the cause, and, and, and I think they have been, but but I, I think we'll find that if if the wage cap, if you could call it that, isn't lifted considerably, I think I think they'll, they'll they'll find out that those players, some of them are not anything like as loyal as they thought.
1: Which means that you can sell them for a lot of money and buy more players, maybe. Um, what I will say, and where I think Bochettino is 100% correct, is... When he's talking about being brave and taking risks, I mean, right, first of all, it's pretty easy to say that in the sense that he's not the one taking the risks, um, Levy and, and Tottenham are. But he does have a point, uh, doesn't he, Scoey. There's a bit of a window of opportunity here because Arsenal, it's obviously you know year zero at, at Arsenal. right? It's going to be a new manager and so on, so next season's going to be a transition year. It will likely be some sort of transition year at Chelsea as well. No Champions League football, probably a new manager so when you look around um you know obviously city are on another level right now but you do have a chance that if you go and you roll the dice a little bit you know maybe you can maybe you can challenge you know you're, you're ahead of your two regional or, or, or local rivals anyway and you will be next season is is that a fair argument to make
3: some of it is I don't, I don't think you're gonna challenge in you know, if you look at Man City, the the strength that
1: no, they've got. I don't got. Think you're going to challenge Man City tomorrow, but you can you can go and you can certainly do a big upgrade while staying ahead of of Chelsea and Arsenal. Because, I think
3: you can cement that top yeah. four position without doubt. Do you need new players? Certainly. You know, I think there's a saying that the best time to strengthen is when you're you're at your best. And I think Tottenham is, it's the best Tottenham side I've seen in my lifetime. And I think certainly they need more bodies in. But I would also they need to break this pay structure at their football club. I think they need to pay players their worth.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love.
1: Love the game? Then don't miss the game daily. It's your lunchtime update from football's finest writers, and it's only at thetimes.co.uk. It's just sort of a little annual tradition. We do we do our our, our team of the season. Um, I will explain the rules. They're very very simple. Um, both Scoey and uh, and Ollie have come up with a team of the season. I will adjudicate where there is a dispute or where they say something stupid. Can I have your formations, please?
3: 433.
1: 4213. 4213, which you can turn into a four three three quite easily, yes? Mm-hmm. Sorry, so let's go four three three. We don't need to debate these if they're obvious. Scoey, uh, who's your goalkeeper?
3: De Gea Ingo.
2: Ollie? Yeah, De Gea. Comes down.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Hands down, there been I think there's been a lot of good goalkeeping performances this year, but I'm happy with De Gea. Ollie, you're right back. Um, Kyle Walker. It's going.
3: I'm going for Trent Alexander Arnold, Liverpool.
1: Okay, Ollie, Presumably, you believe Kyle Walker is a better choice because he's actually a defender, not a midfielder masquerading as a fullback. Uh, are All we right. going for the no, better it's, No, it's, or kinda, or it's, it's Kyle Walker. It's Kyle Walker. Season. It's not Trent Alexander Arnold. I mean, I'm sorry. He may have a great future ahead of him. I'm not even sure he's a fullback. I think in a bunch of games he's been a liability, and I think it's great that you know. Right, he... Move on next. Jesus, like, I mean, honestly, your centre backs. I'm
3: going to go for Tongan, and I'm going to go a little bit off. I'm going to go for Harry Maguire. I would have um,
2: had honourable mentions for. Vincent company, despite the fact he's not played all that many games. But I will go for Vertonghen also. And Ben Mee, not his uh, more heralded defensive partner, Tarkowski. I, I'll, I'll go for Vertonghen and Ben Mee.
1: All right, I'll live with Vertonghen. Um I, I'll go with Vertonghen because I don't think he's had the greatest season. But I also wasn't sure how we'd perform without Aldo Varel. and I think he showed that he really stepped up and he also had moving parts around him, which I don't think made made his job easier. It's, it's the funny thing about Maguire, we all yeah, I like I like Maguire. I, I'll go with Maguire over over me. The way Burnley defend is so team oriented and so unusual. Me as some sort of representative of a broader Burnley way, fine, but as an individual I think you have to go with uh you have to go with Harry Maguire. All of your left back Andy Robertson. Needs a good shout. I've actually gone and, and this is purely
3: based on the second half of the season and it's been, in the last two or three minutes, has been excellent Patrick van Aanholt at
1: Palace. Patrick van Aanholt was very bad in the first part of the yeah, season he's, and he's Andy Robertson wasn't playing many games at the start of the year. Mm. I'm not wild about either. I do think Robertson has a decent future, um, but who let's go with I'll go with Robertson at this point. I can only pick from the ones you choose. I'm not getting game. a. Sorry, who, who you've not... chosen, Gab? I would have probably gone for somebody like Marcos Alonso, who I think again, while well, everybody's trying to get rid of him, he provides goals and he provides assists and he provides an aerial threat. And he was voted into the PFA Team of the Year as well. So I'm obviously not the only one who's mad like that, but sure, let's go with Robertson. Your three central midfielders.
3: I have gone Ericsson, De Bruyne. I'm debating on my number ten at the moment. Ollie, what have you gone in your midfield? And your number ten. So one of
1: those two is your holding midfielder. Wonderful, oh, we're getting a Balance rotation. Here. Yeah. Okay. Well, help me out. Just pick Fernandinho and just get this over with, please, for the holding guy. I have So we can't for have his number ten.
2: Silver, De Bruyne, and drumroll, Fernandinho. All three Man City, and I think you know th- 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 those three have performed at an absolutely exceptional level all season um and i would i mean Ericsson would be next on the list i think for 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 any of those positions but uh, but I'm, I'm i'm happy with those three from Man city they they have been that dominant
1: i think de bruyne is unanimous um i'm going to side with Ollie on fernandinho so the third slot is going to either be Ericsson, david silva or your mythical number 10 that you're going to tell us now who it is.
3: We'll go with Fernandino and we'll get Ericsson number 10. I'm happy with that.
1: You Ericsson over Silver, are you okay with that, Ollie?
2: Well, I, I would I would have said I would have said Ericsson over Silver if I was happy with it. <laughs> okay, um, well, you get overruled. No let's go no. let's, let, let, no, scoby sco- a bone it's here. Fine. It's fine, that, that happens.
1: Do you guys have a centre forward? Yeah, and a real one. Oh, I was going to break loose when I tell you mine, but. Because it's Lukaku, I already know. All right, Ali, give me your front three. Well, when you said, uh, "Have you got a sense forward?" I, I was very
2: close to Firmino, but I'm, I've gone for Kane. Okay, I said forward, and outside of him, I would go for Mo Salah and uh, Leroy Sané.
1: Scholey, I've gone for Lukaku, and I've gone. I've picked him because. Hey, let's get the easy ones out of the way first. Do you agree with any of the other two? Do your other two?
3: No, I'd go for Salah and... Uh, you do have Riz, Salah. Yeah, and Leroy Sané.
1: Okay. I'm happy. I'm happy with both. I think Sané is actually vastly underrated still. Shout out to Raheem Sterling as well. who had a yeah, monster he's, season. He's, yeah. But you can only play so many guys. Um, I think Zaha as well. Pushed him a little bit. All right, easy there. Um, so you say Lukaku and you say Kane. Gentlemen, persuade me. Ollie. The number of goals and and, and the the work rate when people were
2: suggesting him as a a player of the year as an alternative to to, De Bruyne or or Salah, I don't think he was at that level. I would say I came quite close to putting Firmino, who I think his all-round game has been better. Um, But Kane, I mean, 40 goals again in a a team that he has carried at at times. I know the last month he's, he's not looked, Great, he's looked tired. He's been
1: carrying an injury, I think, but, he, but he's, he's yes. been—he's um, he, been—he's he, been superb. Schoe, he's persuading me. You need to be super persuasive to make your Lukaku argument.
3: No, listen, Harry Kane's a fantastic player. He's had a fantastic season as well. The reason I'm going to go for Lukaku is because I think he's had a good first season. I think always when you come for a, a big price tag, which he did, it's hard. I think he, he's done well. I think. Being, playing as a number nine in Manchester United's team at the moment is an extremely difficult position considering the makeup of the, the team, the dynamics, the lack of movement around, the lack of inconsistency of your teammates as well. I think Harry Kane would have found it a lot difficult playing for Manchester United than what we would have done Spurs. I don't think... Well, Harry Kane has this fantastic connection with Ericsson. I think if you take Eriksen away from... Is it, I think you take 20-25% of his goals away from him as well. Lukaku hasn't got anybody like that who's been here. Here's another chance. Here's another chance. I think it's been a real difficult season for Lukaku, and I think he's come Sanchez, through it.
1: Sanchez, Mata, Pogba. Yeah, they're all... wonder if there's a broader unconscious message about the manager there with, with your words. but Maybe. I think it's a strong case for Lukaku. He's had a good season, but, yeah, my vote goes with Harry Kane. So your 2017-18 game podcast uh, team of the year is David De Gea and Goal. At the back, Kyle Walker, Jan Vertonghen, Harry Maguire, and Andy Robertson. In uh, midfield, Kevin De Bruyne, Fernandinho, and Christian Eriksen. And up front, Mosala Harry Kane, and Leroy Sané. Thanks for playing, um,
2: Robertson and Maguire. You, you wonder what you wonder how Hull didn't finish in the top six the previous season didn't you? But there you
1: go. Good point. Now, somebody threw this out to me, and this ties in. Only actually is a really good piece in the game on Monday, just about an argument that I crap on about all the time, but most people, um, whether it be fans of United or Arsenal or Chelsea, don't seem to care about, which is polarization, which is this absolute gap between the the top six and everybody else. And before people say, oh, but Leicester, yeah, okay, that was a one-off. Generally, the top six are always a top six, even when they have absolute stinkers uh, of a season, as was the case this year with, uh, with Arsenal. So the question was, if you were to make a team... From all the players outside the top six, would they be good enough to finish top six? So to do this, we had to make a team, and then we would decide whether, whether they had a prayer of finishing the top six, and we're going we're gonna to debate that then. I'll, I'll give you my team first. I have it in a, in a, in a 4-2-3-1, or you can, you can turn it into four-three-three if you like. And that's Butland in goal. At the back, Kiko Femenya, Higazi, uh, Harry Maguire, Ryan Bertrand, uh, midfield, Aaron Moy, Ducouré, Pascal Gross, kind of in the hole, Zaha and Mares out wide, and Jamie Vardy up front. Um, Ali, what's your team? I'm going to try to organically combine these. Who's your goalkeeper?
2: This is based on performance this season. This is it's not. not, this is not on, we're not rewarding performance. Not, not, we're saying
1: we're putting together a oh team
2: really? oh, that
3: can finish the on. top six. Well, well, I'm sure it's going to be based on
1: performance. Is it not? Well,
2: obviously, yes. I'm going to stick with the performance one because I think it's It's silly. But go ahead. It it, it makes the point. Um, I'll go for Nick Pope, girl. I would uh, go for three central defenders. You can't do that. You can't do
1: that. No no three central defenders. Because we're trying to make a team. Come on. Do you have three central defenders? No. No. Okay, so you're in the minority there. Majority rules 52 beats 48. We're leaving. Deal with it, Ramoner. Almost all the players I
2: wanted to pick were central defenders. That's fine,
1: but that's why you need to use your imagination. I will then
2: pick, just to spite you, I will pick a Tony Pulis type back four with four central defenders across it. I will have Jamal LaSalle as the right back. (laughs) I will have um, Ben Mee and Lewis Dunk, and then I will have...
3: so lad Schindler so not hard. been better the at Huddersfield. Than okay, Benley. Schindler, Maguire. Um, I'll go for Tarkovsky at left back. Right. Mine is uh, Van Arnold, left back. Schindler, left hand side. Maguire, right hand side. Now, disagree with Oli, You can't have, if we're going to get into the top six, we've got to be attacking, so we need attacking full back. Thank you. Um, but then Manik- <laughs> I've gone for Loughton at Burnley.
1: Okay. All right, so from what I can see and from. Nobody here seems to like Higazi, possibly because of your anti-Egyptian bias. It wasn't very good yesterday. Well, the season was over yesterday. So, with our centre-backs, we all seem to agree on... Oh, sorry, who's your keeper first? Pope. Let's go with Pope. Your centre-backs, we all agree on Maguire, yeah? So that'll that'll be one. Yeah.
2: No, I didn't agree really on Maguire, but, but it was, he was just on my long list. But, okay, yeah. good. He's so in he the was, team he, was, he, he wasn't one of the four members I showed
1: who do you want as your as your other center back? If we go with Maguire as one, we.
2: Schindler, uh, Schindler, I, I, I said
1: me Duncan. No, I know, I know myself. who you said, but you know. So so, I, what? I we need to reach a consensus here.
3: Can so, I quote a Huddersfield fan today?
1: No, 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 because we'll get there, we'll digress forever. For, forget Schindler, forget Huddersfield. Come on. Seriously. Wagner. You know oh, noise. look, oh, look. We played a stacking football. And then he goes and he puts eight guys in the box the last two games. Enough Huddersfield, please. Honestly, I hope they disappear forever. Sorry, sorry, Matt Hughes. Right. Um, yeah, so 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 no no Schindler. We can go with Ben Mee if you like. We'll go with Van Anhol at left back. And uh, Kiko Femenia at right back. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, fine. Thank you. Central midfielders. for the army at Newcastle.
3: Okay. And Milivojevic at Crystal Palace. Ollie. Uh
2: I will go for three, which would be
3: Milivojevic,
2: Ducourie,
1: Shelby. I had Milivojevic on the bench. I'm happy to. I'm happy to have him in there. Um, and I had Ducourie too. So let's go with Milivojevic and Ducourie. I think Aaron Moy would have been a really good shout too, but then he plays for Huddersfield, so he loses out. Um do we have an attacking midfield figure we want to put in?
3: I've gone for Shakiri As a number
1: ten. Who's your number ten, Ollie?
3: Uh, Pascal Gross.
1: Yeah, I have Pascal Gross too. So let's go with Pascal Gross. Center forward. I'm going to go for Jamie Vardy. Yes, because he's English, so he won't let you down, uh, unlike Arnautovic.
3: Ollie. I think I've still
2: got two more. I think, I think I've still got another player to pick. No,
1: um, you don't. You just pick your centre-forward. Vardy. Vardy center forward. Vardy. Okay, there you go. Vardy's unanimous. Now we pick two wingers.
3: Wilfred Zaha?
1: Yeah.
3: Are going to just... I'm, gonna mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going for Anthony Knockhart. Ollie.
2: I'm going to go for one more player, which is Zaha.
1: Because I had three central midfielders. Field- right, because you were cheating. All right. Uh, I'm going to make an executive decision here. Sorry, Anthony Knocker, and I'm going to go with Riyad Mahrez, yes? Good player, yes? Excellent Partnership right. with Vardy? What, there we go. What, what,
3: what, whether
2: he work had a good
1: season, or, don't right. I don't
3: know. Knocker's work right, is a little bit better.
1: If we were to make our best possible team out of players outside the top six, what we came up with uh, looked something like Nick Goal, Kiko, Maguire, Ben Mee, and Patrick Van Anholt at the back. Milivojevic and Jukore in front of the back four, Wilfred Zaha, Pascal Gross, and Riyad Mahrez behind Jamie Vardy. You want to pick a manager from outside the top six too to, to go and complete the... Big Sam. Big Sam. Who's yours? Well, what? it's a manager of the season or... Oh, no, not or, enough with this off oh, just, 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 just the season thing. By God, you people. The outside,
2: outside the top six. No, not the best manager. Who's bad.
1: the best manager for this team? Outside the top um, six. I, I
2: would again say
1: Rafa Benitez. Not about shout. Okay, so let's go with Rafa. All right, so Rafa Benitez is your manager. Does this team get in the top six? No. Presumably they'd finish above Burnley, right? But <laughs> this is the point I was making. If this is the best you can do with all the other players in the league... I think it would finish above Arsenal. Do you do? Yeah. With Rafa
3: yeah, and I would say it possibly would run Chelsea as well. I think it might finish above Chelsea.
1: Whereas you think, Oli, think that these players would not be good enough with Rafa, even with Rafa Benitez to break the top uh, six?
2: To, I mean, to be honest, the the, the the reason why Burnley are the best of the rest, the reason why Burnley are seventh is because they've been built over time and, and they've and they got all the quality. You know, that they, they are so much more than some of their parts. So w- whether this... Team of better individuals would even compete with Burnley. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What I also feel is that is that top six. It's you know it's it's it feels like a closed shop despite the rest of the thing. And, and that, that feeling was reinforced mm-hmm. by being at, at, at Burnley yesterday. You see, you've seen a, you've seen a team that's played out of its skin all season and, and played to the absolute maximum of its capabilities and only scored with, what was what a goal a game or something, but managed to finish seventh, which is fantastic by them, but. Even having made good decisions over a number of years, bought cleverly, built uh, you know, a good team, good Cleverley, team work. Cleverly is at Watford, Ollie. <laughs> Uh Wisely, even with all of that going in their favour, they still finish nine points adrift of a uh, an that's, Arsenal that's team depressing. which has been sleepwalking. That's um, the pre-
1: Okay, so Oli, are there? Is, I know this is a complex argument. Probably one for another time. But and you don't have to tell me what the solutions are. But should the Premier League do something about it? Should FIFA do something about it? Should anybody do something about it? Or is this just kind of an organic free market situation where you know, it's not really just about the TV money, it's bigger grounds, bigger stadiums, bigger commercial deals. This is the way the world deal with it.
2: I think it has gone so far in that direction it would be very hard to do anything about it. But what I cannot stand is the idea that the Premier League and, well, all the Premier League clubs including some of whom who, who will suffer as a result of this are considering getting behind the uh, the big boys idea that the rich must get richer and the the money be um, distributed less equally um, in future
3: seasons which is just going to make that gap even wider it's going to make but, but commercially you know, Ollie, the, the the TV money now yes yeah, it's, it's a big chunk but commercially you know if you look at united and you look at city and you look at liverpool they blow the rest well you know away. what they do
1: in in other leagues in other countries, in, well, at least in, in the NFL or the NBA, they just don't just distribute the TV money more equally, they distribute the commercial revenue more more equally. I don't even know if you can do that legally or if Manchester United's gonna be like, wait wait a, wait a minute, why do I have to share my money with those freeloaders at, at, at Burnley? Oh,
3: we, we go back 35 years, you used to share the gate money.
1: Exactly. How about some quick hits? Manchester United beat Watford one 0 to cement second place. Scoby, this was Michael Carrick's last game. Uh, y- why don't you muse about him while also telling us how much it matters or not that Rui Faria and Jose Mourinho are breaking up after 17 years together?
3: Uh, no, I'm not really interested in. But Michael Carrick has <laughs> You're not been. Not interested in Rui
1: Faria. No, uh, Michael Carrick. Oh, I'll get Doug. I've Castles only got
3: 20 on seconds you. here, quickly. Yep. Uh, Michael Carrick has been exceptional as a player. Um, not just for Manchester United. I think he's been England's best holding midfield player for a long, long, long time. And to think, uh, two years ago, he didn't go to the Euros, and Wayne Rooney played in his position was
1: unthinkable. <laughs> but he's been a fantastic player. It's funny, the guy who did that, of course, is a lot of people have him as down as one of the managers of the season, Roy Hodgson. But swings and roundabouts, I guess. Arsene Wenger walks away with a victory and another ovation as Arsenal win at Huddersfield. Ollie, we've all weighed in and tried to provide some context on the great man's career and him leaving. Do you want to have a go, too, and say something original?
2: Um, original is, is difficult, but, um, I mean, everybody's talks about the football is being is, is played, particularly in those early years. But I, I would just say, as a journalist, he has been a pleasure to deal with. He has never courted the press. He has never been interested in sort of forging close relationships with journalists, um, the way some do, but he's always fulfilled every commitment it always been very obliging intelligent insightful um, win lose or draw sometimes lost you know let himself down comments on, about referees etc but who hasn't and um, you'll be missed by journalists um, as well as by um, football fans everywhere
1: Nicely put, I let that run a little bit longer because it is a bit of a special case. Now, it's a bitter end of the season for Antonio Conte. Uh, after a draw with Huddersfield in midweek, comes his 3-0 spanking at the hands of the mighty Rafa Benitez in Newcastle. Scoey, he appeared to question their desire, but then he starts Ross Barkley, who had played exactly zero minutes since January and 150 minutes all year. What's Conte's problem? What's his logic? What's his mindset? Uh,
3: I think he needs to look at himself, really, doesn't he? He's, he's very
1: negative on everything that's Chelsea
3: at the moment it, they've actually had a very good run recently and they've almost thought they might creep into the top four but the last week or so they've been dire Let's just hope it continues until the weekend oh,
1: so as a, as a United fan of course for those who haven't quite worked it out speaking of Rafa he got a mid-table finish with a team which on papers firmly in the bottom five even though his owner Mike Ashley doesn't like it when we call it a championship team so Ollie, how did he do it and what happens next I think he did
2: it just by you know, making them organised, making them hard to beat, making them focused and and creating a a, a good spirit about them. I mean, they, they were an intelligent, hard-working team and there have been nothing like enough of those in the Premier League this season. With the emphasis on the hard work bit, I think too many others have coasted. Um, as for what next, he will always look to upgrade any position where he feels there's a lack of quality and, and, and I think centre-forward is... is Really
1: obvious, you know, if
2: they got a really good centre-forward, they, they, they could be a uh, top-eight team.
1: I'm not sure. I look at this and I look at the number of players who are either substandard or flawed and they make up, I'd say it's all but two or three players in a starting 11. I think it's been a minor miracle what he's achieved this season and possibly overshadowed rightly by, by Sean Dyche. Liverpool trounce Brighton as Mohamed Salah breaks the Premier League record with 32 goals, 44 in all competitions. Scoey, you used to score goals for a living. How hard is it to score 32 goals in a league season? And what's the most you've ever scored?
3: Um, I haven't got anywhere near that. It's a phenomenal achievement um, by a very talented player that's literally taken the Premier League by storm. Will he do it next season? I'm not sure he'll do 32 goals, but I think we're going to see a lot more goals from him in the Premier League.
1: Klopp uh, says he can improve.
3: What can he improve on? Or is Klopp just being nice? Yeah, he's not an out-and-out centre-forward either, really, is he? He you know, drifts wide, plays sort of a bit of a free spirit, really. I think he'll improve if he gets better players around him.
1: Swansea, predictably, are down. Ollie, play the blame game. Is it really the players and the managers, or does it this go back to Hugh Jenkins? Uh, I, well, I think the blame can be I mean, I'm spread far and wide, but I, I... I
2: I think managers have had criticism. The, the board, the owners uh, have had criticism. I would certainly look at the players uh, as well, because I think um, uh, it goes back. I, I did it interview with Bob Bradley when he uh, when he left Swansea. He he said that, or well, he gave the impression. He hinted that that he was slightly shocked by the the lack of real winning and, and competitive mentality among the, among those players. And we've seen them. Have little bounces here and there over the last three or four years, but but this has been a, a relegation it has been waiting to happen for so. Hugh a Jenkins while is
1: just one of many people responsible. The buck doesn't stop I, with I, him.
2: I, I would I would say Hugh Jenkins would be nowhere near the top of uh, my list of uh, culprits. I, I, I think wow. he's he's um, he, he's he's made mistakes as everybody has, but but I think I think um, it's it's not a dressing room that has been full of um of of shining lights of, of professionalism and dedication over the last few years.
1: he's the guy who populates the dressing room though doesn't he but hey that's fine
3: I don't think he's he's a weak link at the club finally Gav one for you did Juventus finally win the title in Serie A
1: indeed they did they drew 0-0 away to Roma it's seven straight Serie A titles Um, interesting I think they they came out they said this was probably their most difficult title that they've won certainly they were pushed by a phenomenal Napoli side who are likely to finish beyond 90 points as well but it's four straight League and Cup doubles for for Max Allegri, uh, and that's when you go out and say, "Oh well, that's easy," because City is rubbish. And while it's not what it was, uh, he's also delivered in Europe with some very good results. In the last four years, he reached two finals, and on two occasions, he was knocked out by very strong Bayern and Real Madrid sides. Literally, with the uh, with the last kick of the game, And you put these things together, and and you realize that this is one hell. Of a manager um, who's got a ton of resources but really gets the best out of them right that's all we've got time for today many many thanks to my excellent guests uh ollie k even though he was somewhat misbehaving on the show and james scowcroft who is a pleasure to be with Remember, it's just £8 for an eight-week trial if you want to sign up. For the whole season long, you got highlights of every game in the Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, and the FA Cup. And, of course, there's still an FA Cup final and a Europa League final to come. But you also get something which I personally am prouder of is our excellent content. Uh, not just our paper, but the Sunday Times as well. Now, we're going to be back next Monday after the FA Cup final. Mourinho versus Conte, Manchester United versus Chelsea. Let's hope everybody behaves. The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information
3: and more podcasts from The Times, head to thetimes.co.uk.